Dude, Seth Gross, thank you so much for coming on. We are episode, I don't know, we're probably like five or six at this point. And athlete or podcast. So, you know, one of the things that I have not probably done a good enough job of doing is explaining what Joel and I are trying to, to accomplish with this this podcast. There's a ton of wrestling podcasts out there, and I and I love all of them. They're wonderful. But one of the things that that really interests me, uh, and, and Joel, I'm I'm going to speak for you for just a second, but it, it really interests both of us is the processes that go into the success, or maybe the lack of success that someone or or a group of people have had, and and to me, one of the people that that just immediately sparked my interest when we started talking about this stuff was Seth Gross. You, I think, have a little bit of a different process towards success than most people. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I love, I love, I'm excited because I love talking about this stuff, but I definitely think I got a different approach and and for me, every level from middle school, high school, college, right? I've never been that guy to pop on the scene and be, you know, unstoppable. It's always been just a slow climb and journey and, and, and really buying into that process of getting better and knowing that, right, I'm never going to plateau, right? I'm not going to be stagnant. I'm going to keep building. And that absolutely, you know, is something I'd agree with. I think that, um, that my process, I think it's unique, and I think I've been able to, over a long period of time, just continue to develop and get better year over year. And I think that some guys struggle with that, right? They hit their peak at, a, you know, in high school, their senior year, or, you know, after college, and then it's like it's a slow downhill thing where, you know, I feel like I've done a good job of adapting, and as my body changes and I get older, and, right, always, always finding a new way to do things and know that, Right, I don't have all the answers, and that I'm always gonna keep trying to find the next best thing if there is something. And um, yeah, so I, I I love talking about the process of getting to where you know people are. So yeah, you you're an interesting interesting individual to me, truly interesting. Um, you you talk about the progress up and to the right, up and to the right, up and to the right. Do you ever do you ever find yourself recognizing a plateau and then when you do how do you kind of bust yourself into that more up into the right project absolutely and, and i think there's a lot of things that go with when you are plateauing um you know figure out you're probably if you are plateauing you're probably not showing up every day with this right energy the positive mindset but right it's finding a way to whether some guys maybe it's taken taking some time i think that it's great to take some time off when you need it. And when I say take time off, that doesn't mean, you know, go eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want and, and be away from the sport. Right. I just mean, you know, maybe, maybe take a week off, two weeks off the mat and only run and do some strength training, but, but stepping away. Um, and then when you get back on the mat, you can kind of come at it from a different angle. And I know that's always, always been a big thing for me is when I, when I'm really feeling like I'm stuck and like, man, I, I, I haven't gotten better this month or, you know, I feel like I'm struggling with the same things. Sometimes just stepping away and um, just not thinking about it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden you get back on the mat and it's like, all right, well, well, maybe if I do this a little different now, you just get a different perspective. And, you know, it's helped me a lot being a coach, too, of how I go about 
uh, uh, breaking down wrestling. I think that it, that's been, been an absolute game changer for me because I was a very, I was a super stubborn kid in college, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need to watch film. I'm gonna go beat this dude regardless. Like, I don't care. He can try whatever he wants. Like, he's not gonna beat me. And, and as I've gotten older, I realized that, like, hey. You know, I gave up a lot of first period takedowns in my college career, a lot of first period takedowns. And I guarantee if I would have sat down and watched some film, I could have I could have stopped because 90 percent of the time it was the guy's best move. And it's like, hey, if you would have known this guy's best move, you, you would have stopped that. But, yeah, definitely. I think that, that taking some time away, you know, maybe just watching film. I like to, I love watching the best guys in the world. I really one of the guys I watch a lot of Sitikoff. I love watching his stuff. Um, I, I love watching uh, Guayoff uh mega med off all all those guys and just you know it, it inspires me watching them seeing the technical things that they do from you know they're hitting the simplest arm drags on the, everybody in the world you know just simple things why are you like, talking about mega med off he's <laughs> yeah. the nastiest arm drag i've ever seen in my life yeah and then even even ray higuchi right the guy I wrestled this summer i love watching his stuff and um picking out because he he, he also has a nasty drag it's like why, how are these guys able to hit those things? And, you know, that's, and that's what I like to do when I'm taking time off, right? I really watch those guys and I get kind of re-inspired and then I'll go in and it'll be kind of more of a creative time in the room to, Hey, let's, I'm going to just try new things and, and see if I can get them down and add it to what I do. And, and that seems to kind of spark the, uh, you know, going on the right path again, if I'm ever kind of in that plateau range. Mm. Okay. I want to switch to your coaching career now. Just quickly, and I want—I'm—I'm going to go back to you as an athlete soon. But while it's on my head, as you're coaching now, you—you <clears throat> you obviously have this this growth mindset, this this uh, progress mindset. How many? And you guys are getting some of the best recruits in the country to come to Madison, whether they whether they wind up there on a full term basis or not is irrelevant to me how many percentage wise young athletes high school wrestlers how many of them have that growth mindset already in high school and how many of them have to be taught that growth mindset when they get to campus man that's a great question and we talk about this a lot but it's like i think it's pretty rare i don't think a lot of kids a lot of kids have that a lot of kids just do what they're told, and that's that's what's kind of gotten to them. And not a lot of them are actually, you know, thinking for themselves, tweaking things for themselves, right? It's what coach told them to do. And mm-hmm. and I think the special individuals are the ones that, right, they go into the match and they go into their training and they're making tweaks themselves to what they do. And you don't see that in a lot of high schoolers. Um, I'd say, you know, 5% maybe, maybe. Uh, that's probably being being generous. generous right mm-hmm. yeah i think i think it's a rare thing and i think along with that you know it's it's almost like the ability to coach yourself a little bit you know i, I think coaches are great for motivators right if you don't know something to bounce ideas to work technically with um but when you're able to coach yourself i guarantee you know you talk to the very best guys in the world that they're able to do that they're coaching themselves every second in a match Right. They're sitting there and a guy hits something on them and and immediately in their head, they're coaching themselves, making an adjustment and moving. And and I think that's a hard, hard thing um, to, you know, not a lot of people have that. And and with that being said, it's also a very hard thing to teach somebody to have that doesn't have that. Um, So I'd say, yeah, like five percent, maybe. Mm. When did when did that switch kind of flip for you? Because I know that you mentioned that, you know, when you were in college, you just 
I don't need to watch film. Uh, and now looking back on that, you're like, oh, I probably should have watched a little film. Uh, when, when did that kind of uh, flip happen for you? Um, honestly, it was just going through film with my college guys is what kind of flipped the switch for me. It was seeing like, all right, well, this guy couldn't get one of our guys stopped this guy's very best move just because he knew it was coming. And, and then he dominated, you know, it's when guys are getting upsets on guys they probably shouldn't feed or you get a game plan and it works. And you're like, man, that, that makes a lot of sense. Why wouldn't I do that? And right. I started doing it over probably last year when I made the world team, I started kind of making adjustments and watching a whole lot more film and started game planning for guys a little more. And, and, Right. I think that you got to find that sweet spot. You can't overthink it and, and be threatened by, you know, what a guy has. But at the same time, just being aware and, you know, add small things into your training that that might, you know, stop up. All right. Ray Higuchi has a arm drag. Right. Maybe I have a guy. Hey, during this workout, just every once in a while, I'll throw some arm drags in there. And right. It's subtle where I'm not overthinking like, oh, the arm drag, the arm drag, the arm drag. Um, because then then I think I think if you just go in there and drill straight arm drag defense all day i think that that's where you're kind of then you then you start worrying about it and it can go downhill so i think it's really finding that sweet spot is how do i subtly throw what this opponent does into into my just my daily weekly training so is that <clears throat> uh let you know we can stick on higuchi if you want to um but when you're talking about when you're talking about defending their number one is it more important to develop a feel for for defending their number one or that the actual nuts and bolts and technique of like hey how do i defend that that drag how do i defend that single leg how do is it more important that you know how to do it or that you just kind of feel um i'd say for a lot i mean i think it differs per person like I, i'm pretty good right i feel it now i know what i'm looking for i know what he's looking for i know as soon as his hands go in here this is where right you gotta be careful um so i think having a feel for it, it's like like austin DeSanto is a great example like i could train and know the defense to what he's doing all day until i feel that it, nothing's the same right nothing's the same as that and so and that's why it's hard to replicate and really you know, over, you know, overtrain the defense to what a guy does because you break it down to you think perfect, but there's all of a sudden a little tiny detail that, that Ray Higuchi hits that, right, I didn't practice when I was doing it and it doesn't feel the same and now, boom, it gets it on me, right? It's little things like that. So I think getting a feel, and that's the importance of in-match adjustments, right, where, okay, he, he hit it early in the match, I felt it, now I know exactly where his hand's trying to go, where he's trying to move me, all his motions, where he's stepping when he's going to his drag, um, things like that. So I think think feels the biggest thing. Um, I think technique technique's important. Obviously, you need to know how to defend and counter and this and that. But but until you get the actual feel of it, you can't really make that technique work. Mm, how do you make? Uh, I I'm sorry, Joel. I'm I, I I got a million. I'm sorry. I, I I'm stepping all over you. I apologize. I don't get to talk to Seth very often. And it's <laughs> really important to me. Not to anyone else. I don't, I'm sorry. I'm such a shit. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay? How do you teach feel? It has been my life, like the, I don't want to say the bane of my existence. It's yeah. one of the most difficult things I've ever tried to do is teach kids in yeah. high school and below feel. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, 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 I 
talk a lot to a lot of people about this and like when i'm teaching or trying to change a guy you know one of my other pet peeves along with i think is a feel is you teach kids new moves you work on it it looks amazing they're hitting it beautiful and then they go into a match and what happens they go right back to the two moves they've been doing since they were in eighth grade and and so and, and that's where right i i try to teach them this is kind of thing i tell them is all right every single day you go in right you go in you got a toolbox right and you got a single leg a double leg a high crotch all this right and you bring this into practice with you every single day and for whatever reason right you always grab the tool that you're comfortable with when you go in there right you go in i grab i grab my double leg and boom that's what i'm hitting all day right sometimes you got to leave tools at home right i got to leave them at home completely right today all i'm grabbing is is my high crotch right so i'm grabbing that out of the toolbox everything else stays at home and that's the only move I'm going to hit today. Right? I'm only going to focus on that. Like a big thing for me when I got to college is I was a right leg lead and I switched completely to a left leg lead. Right. And it was very uncomfortable. And I told myself, hey, I'm only going left leg lead and left handed shots today. I can't score on anything else. And my partner would, you know, beat me or get close to beating me at a good practice. Like, dang, you didn't feel too good today. But little did they know I was wrestling left handed and doing, you know, I wasn't allowing myself to do all this other things. So I think being able to basically throw out, hey, I cannot use any move but maybe two things. And now you have to force yourself to find a feel to make to make a certain move work. And I know that's that's helped me tremendously is hey, today you're only you're only gonna get to an underhook and you're gonna score from there. That's the only thing you can score on today. If you don't get there, right, this guy's gonna beat you. You're gonna lose the practice today. So if, if I go in there and I only have an underhook, guess what? I'm going to figure out how to get to an underhook one way or another. And so I think being able to limit yourself in that way is very important. And then once you limit yourself for so long, now, now you're going to feel more comfortable to actually go out there and match it and use it. But like I said, when things get hard, right, if, if, if I'm not forcing myself to use this, I'll go in there and I'll try for an underhook, try for an underhook, probably fail twice and be like, yeah, it doesn't work. Right? But if I tell myself that's all I can do, well, now I got to figure it out. So that's one thing I, I like to do. And I try to try to push on to these guys. And it's a hard concept because guys are stubborn in practice. They want to win every go. They want to, yeah. you know, it, it, it's hard. It, it's not an easy thing to do. And and I think that ego has a lot to do with that. You know, and if you can get, leave your ego at the door, go in the room with an open mind and and really focus on that. I think that that you're on the path to, you know, that growth mindset. Uh, you're obviously, uh, you know, getting to compete at, at the highest level in the world, um, but also simultaneously, you're coaching at a very high level. Uh, how would you say that being a coach has impacted uh, how you compete? Um, it, it's been big for me. Like I said, that one one big switch was right. A lot more film watching now, but overall, uh, it, it's just given me give me a little bit of a different perspective and different look at, at training because. I'm trying to figure out how I can get the very most out of these guys. And while I'm trying to figure that out, it's like, Hey, maybe the training you haven't been doing your whole life, you know, maybe you need to switch it up too. So it's like, I'm starting to find, like I trained so much different over the past year than I've ever trained before that. And that's because of coaching. Cause I realized like, Hey, this isn't working for these guys, you know, and that's what I've been doing forever. Maybe I got the right result, but I've been doing it with the wrong process. And I think people are so set on, right. If they get the right result, they think they did it the right way. And that, that's that's not true, right? Somebody could be doing everything wrong 
and still get the result. And that could be the best or worst thing ever for them because now they think, hey, this is the right way of doing it. Right. I'd rather figure out what the right process is and lose every time because I know eventually if I figure out the perfect process, I'm going to keep keep getting better. And so I think that's been a big mindset for me and talking to these guys on the team and working with them. It's like, let's keep figuring out how what, what the best way to train is, the best way to eat, the best way to recover. Let's keep every single day. If we can continue to get one percent better in every single of those areas and make changes. Right. We're going to we're going to be on the path to where we want to be. What does that look like for you? What is the perfect process? And right, and, and that's and one one of my uh, favorite favorite quotes. I don't know if it, even a quote, but confident humility is kind of a big thing that I'm confident in reaching my goals, but I, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what the process is going to look look like. Right, I know where I'm going to be. I know I'm going to reach my goals, but I don't know where I'm going or how I'm going to get there. And I think that's just just admitting that right even right now i think i'm pretty close to you know finding that perfect process but i'm always open to learn what's better and like uh one big thing for me that i discovered last year i read the really good book it's called win by uh dr james de Antonio, and it's literally a book of how you can be the very best elite athlete you can be and um he breaks down everything from hydrate hydration to cutting weight to to how you should work out, how you should train, how, what what liquids, right? Like the water we drink, you can change a little thing in that, electrolytes, like he breaks down every little bit and bit and piece of how to be the best athlete you can be. And one thing I really got from that book is like, I'd say in college, I was just a guy, I'd show up in the room and, and there was, I would just spar. I'd go 90% and just spar for an hour and a half and I'd try things and figure things out and, and, you know, that's a good way to learn technique things, try new things, grow in that way. But at the end of the day, that wasn't getting me everything I needed, right? You need to do high interval training. You need to do zone two training. You need to do max interval training. There's five or six different types of training. If you're not hitting every single one of those, you're not going to be at your very best when you step out there for a six-minute match. And so that's been a big thing that I, I make sure every single week that I hit each zone of training um at least once or twice a week and that has helped me a ton to have great a huge amount of energy every time i step on the mat because i i can go to my max right i can I, I can go in intervals and go out of bounds it's like going out of bounds coming back and you still have that burst and and adding that stuff to my training where i think in the past where that's why i'd get taken down early because i was just always firing at probably 90 percent. i could go 90 percent for two hours but right you need to be able to jump to that next gear so Finding these new, right, there's all sorts of different zones that you got to hit when you train was big for me. And then, like I said, I think it's just every area, my nutrition, my what I'm putting in as far as liquids and adjusting those I go has been huge. You got anything? I, I want to, I, before we uh, move forward, because I do want to talk a little bit more about you as a world-level athlete. Joel, you, what do you got for him? No, go ahead. I, th I think that you keep running here. Okay, so <clears throat> how many people thought you were going to beat Dayton? In, in Gallagher-Iba, how many people thought you, you were going to beat Dayton Fix to make the world team? May, maybe three or four. Maybe. My dad I, was there, so I think he might have. Fair enough. Fair enough. couple, but yeah, very, very few. Maybe three. Yeah. What's that like, though, man? Oh, I get 
you I get absolutely excited for that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I love, I love, I love playing the the role of an underdog. I always, even if I'm not the underdog, I like to put myself in that situation. And that, that so so when I get the opportunity, you know, it's like be pretty dang cool if I went to his arena with his home crowd in a place he's never lost before and did it. And that's kind of how I always frame it. I love being the underdog. And like I said, I like putting myself in that position. Um, I think it gets you up. It gets you excited. And, and I, all my life that's been, I just love doing things that, that people don't think you can. And, and right. I think that, you know, not a lot of people, a lot of people might get scared and then, but, but right. Who gets an opportunity that I got that day, right. He's a returning silver medalist in his backyard like nobody gets a chance like that and i was like man this is a cool cool thing that i could go and do right now and and for me my faith plays a huge role in it and, and i always tell myself it'd be pretty pretty cool to show how big my god is and that's that's an important for, thing for me and um but but it's always that's how i always love to frame it is you know it'd be pretty dang cool you know not a lot of people get a chance to even even do something like this man and that's really the only way you can look at it and and be and be prosperous and yeah. it's really the only way you can yeah the i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna is that's a that's a slippery slope to get down because then there's like this if i don't then it's you yeah. it's negative right absolutely but the, but the 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 process of how cool would it be if yeah you know and 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 that motivates me because i'm motivated by the hope of gaining something not by the fear of losing something yeah in my in my life and so if you could if you could teach if you can impart that on your athletes in 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 the best way you can how do you impart how do you impart that on your athletes yeah, I and I would say, man, it wouldn't it be cool if? Yeah, if, and that's if you beat Yanni Austin, like, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, you know? exactly, and I, and I I think right, and that's that's a big thing that I think some coaches struggle with because a lot of times they throw these big expectations on on guys like you have a chance to go do this, you could go and do that instead of, instead of you know it'd be pretty cool if you you go win a national title this year, you know, and it, it and I I forget what it was uh which football team won the national title this year? Georgia. Georgia. And I saw a quote from one of their guys that their coach had them con convinced like that they were underdogs. Everybody thinks you're going to go four and 10 this year. I saw a quote like that. Clearly he's, he's showing his guys like everybody doubts you, you know, it'd be pretty cool if we go do this now. And I think it's just talking to your guys like that and convincing them and that there's no pressure, right? There's no expectations when you, when you're the underdog. And that's why I think it's so powerful, right? When you're, Hey, you could go, right you know i think you can win nationals i think right you put start putting pressure on guys then then it's a different mindset from them but when they feel like they're the underdog but know they're capable of it right that's where you really get that 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 uh, kind of confidence that that you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go prove them wrong and I, i'm gonna go do this and so i think that yeah it's, it's how you talk to them and and how, how you build it up you don't want to put put pressure and you know say you know you know you're expected you got to go do this you know you could be you could be a national champ and and that's right just just be be put them as the underdog and let them know that, that hey it'd be pretty cool if you get this done and and that, that's how i like to approach it with a lot of our guys and i think that like i said the big thing that people struggle with is 
they have too many expectations and and then all of a sudden when you have these expectations you start thinking of what could happen if it went wrong and you don't win and and right and that that starts hurting your mental so i think that just staying in a good place and staying like that is is the perfect spot to be hey one of the things uh that i'm i'm curious about um you know you your career has been filled with jumps right uh, high school level college level international level you know being that underdog and, and and making that next big step uh which jump in your career do you think that you're you're most proud of so far um that's a good question uh i i mean i want to say right now i think this last year has been big for me because i think that i really matured and made made a lot of uh outside of wrestling things that improve my wrestling i think that high school college i just continued to develop as a wrestler and that was able to continue to make me reach the next spot but i think this last year i've really developed as far as mental as far as um what i'm doing as far as conditioning is what i'm how i'm training i think that this last year i really started from ground zero and 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 revamped how i how i go about my training and um like i said i think out of high school right i think in high school i did everything wrong and still got the right result in college i did a little more right and i found 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 the results because i was willing to go you know i trained i would say harder than anybody in the country in college but with that being said i didn't care about recovery i didn't care about right i thought i was invincible and i, I end up with a broken back you know and and having to have back surgery and you know i've dropped dropped right I, I don't think i'm invincible anymore i don't think that you know anything i think that i don't know the best process and every single day is you know the challenge to find what that looks like and i think that that's something that i didn't have before this last year and so just making i think that's something i'm proud of is just hey i'm gonna keep keep getting better and i'm gonna keep finding the best way to do it and when new information comes uh, and, and something better comes along, I'm willing, I'm willing to hear that out. I think a lot of people get stubborn, like this is how I've trained the last five years. And so this is how I got to train. Why, why, why do you got to keep training like that? You know, you got, you got some results, but now you're not getting them. So why maybe it's, maybe you got to switch it up. And it's like a lot of people think they got to go back to what got them there where no, what got you there, got you to a certain point, but now it's not getting you any further. And so that's something that I think over this last year that I've really, really matured as far as, right, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep changing and finding the tweaks that I need to, to continue to grow. What's the biggest difference that, like you said, <clears throat> was it the recovery? Was it strength training? Cause let's be completely honest, right? A powerful Seth Gross is a very dangerous son of a gun. Very, like you've always had that kind of wiry strength, but what I'm noticing is just a little more pop so i wonder if that's a result of uh, of a different strength training regimen is what what is the biggest difference in yeah. your training over the last year or so yeah and that's that's something that i've really been diving into with my strength and conditioning out here he uh billy breeder is absolutely amazing and um right it's not it's not it's it's cookie cutter it's not a cookie cutter lifting thing he's got it tailored to the movements like i'm like hey i want to get more explosive in this shot position i want to work on 
you know, pulling on guys, pulling on guys, pulling on guys. And so everything I do in the weight room now is tailored to what I'm going to be doing on the mat, right? There's obviously a few lifts as far as um, that are full body stuff that and hypertrophy stuff that I do. But overall, the main bulk is like, hey, let's get in these wrestling positions and let's get strong there. Let's extend our range of motion there. And that's been a big thing I've been doing for probably 18 months now that, that I really, really enjoy. And right before pre pre that I you know it was a lot of olympic lifts that wore on my body and it was a lot of just almost going in there and just throw it was more i'm just gonna get through this lift and now it's like i get excited to go in there because i know that what i'm doing is directly going into my wrestling right getting down into your stance and then right you're stretching a little more you're getting here and you're getting powerful through that position and so there's a lot of functional pattern stuff there's a lot of explosive stuff uh, mobility stuff and now i'm hitting a large large variety of that versus right just going in there trying to get through a lift as fast as i can and getting out it's like i really enjoy getting in there working on that so that's that's been a huge change um outside of that um my, my diet changed a lot this last year actually six months prior to me making the world team i got an mri and found out like i had a big uh, uh labral tear in my right hip and so that was something that I was kind of up in the air, like, should I wrestle? Should I get surgery? What should I do here? And that's when I really turned into how can I fix my diet to get every bit of inflammation out of my body. And so I made huge changes uh, with my nutrition. And I felt like they really got a lot of inflammation, got a lot of the pain away. And to this day, I, I, I don't feel any issues with my hip, which is pretty crazy. But I learned it just how powerful if you have the right nutrition and have that dialed in how much your body can heal itself and how how much better you can feel i think so many people get used to thinking that feeling crappy is normal yeah right where that's not yeah. normal my pain is at a seven all the time well yeah kind of get used to that it's not good. exactly yeah you fall into this thing and you get used to it and now hey that's my normal i'm a seven you know i sit at seven out of ten where it's like no let's figure out how we can get you to feel one zero out of ten pain like you should never have Right. And that, that was a big, big thing for me too. And like, even with my back that, that hurt me for a while and, and figuring out the right diet, the right mobility training and all that really worked together to make my body just feel, feel the best it's felt in a really long time. What type of, what type of nutritional program are you, are you doing now? And, and I've kind of, like I said, right. I've never set on something. I started off doing actually a full carnivore diet. And so it was all, I literally ate steak, ground beef, eggs, and a little bit of dairy. And that's all I ate for four months. And so that, and that was it. And that helped my body feel a lot better as far as the inflammation and the pain. Um, but where I lacked a little bit is, um, I think when I went into real long workouts or things like that, at towards the end, I, I, I felt great in the beginning towards the end, I'd kind of go down a little bit. So now I've kind of adapted it to where I add in, it's more of an animal based diet where I add in a lot more fruits and I do have carbs now because right. Carbs can power you through those workouts and, and, and make sure you have that fast energy going on. So, you know, I almost used once I got to worlds, you know, carbs was almost, I didn't have, I was still on a low carb diet, but then I'd really ramp up the carbs when I was going out there to wrestle. And all of a sudden I have this energy and strength that I haven't had in my training. And so it like felt like I was on, you know, had a superpower all of a sudden come match time. And so that's kind of 
where I'm at right now is kind of on an animal based diet and then low carb, but then I'll kind of ramp it up on if I have two workouts a day, I'll have a lot more carbs. If I'm going into competition, I'll ramp up the carbs, but that's kind of, kind of where I'm at right now. And, uh, I get with my nutritionist and we make tweaks to what I'm doing. And, um, you know, some days, you know, one big thing that I noticed is how sore I felt on day feel on day two of competition. And so we think that's because having zero, you know, low carb and then ramping it up fast, right. Can cause kind of that soreness, lactic acid buildup. So, you know, now, now we're going to test out kind of building carbs up throughout the week instead of ramping up super fast. So like I said, it's kind of, kind of fun. It's just like a little experiment out here to, you know, and we do that, you know, we'll probably do that in a couple of weeks here and just test it out in here and do matches for a practice and see how it feels that next day. But, but it's fun and it, it, it's figuring out, you know, what's the best for me. And, and I think the big, big thing is, um, right. What I'm doing might not be the best for what somebody else is doing. Like, I think I, I'm in a unique situation with my hips and my, you know, have had back surgery where this works really well for me. And, um, I think everybody's gotta, gotta find what it is for them. Yeah. No, obviously, right? Like, there's, there's no one size fits all in this sport at all, right? And I think you're more of an ex, uh, 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 example of that, right? I think going into college, you weren't this, uh, you know, freak athlete dynamo. You were tipping people over. When you made junior team, you did it on the strength of, like, defensive like just belly was you know <laughs> Yo. you were gnarly with it don't get me wrong but but man excuse me for one second i'm sorry i'm the jerk um <laughs> but but now you're starting you you can see it you've got pop on those leg attacks yeah you can go up you can pop your hips in up top you said superpower i've kind of looked at it like oh man this dude's just adding skill sets and plugging them into a very dangerous style already. What does that feel like to be like, oh, dude, this, yeah, you've got a you, Seth Gross is a pro, we knew you were a problem, you know, coming out of college. But now it's like, oh, you're a problem for the world. Forget about just making the team now, right? Like, you're a big problem. Like, that kid, like, I really want Russia to be at the world championships. Oh, yeah. Like, more than I want air at some points like and i want to see seth gross against abiskazi magamedal in in the worst yeah. way so so tell me what it's like to 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 be hitting your stride as a young man soon father to be when when everyone kind of thought you probably were i don't know if people thought you were done in college but they thought mm -hmm. maybe you had plateaued yeah and right that like i said that goes back into you know being an underdog and, and loving every second of it and um but it, it's been cool you, you know you're spot on with as far as like i just always love adding adding things you know you could wrestle me literally a week ago and i, I wrestled different this week than i did last week and that's like i said right you, you keep you keep adding what you're doing and you keep tweaking and you keep finding a way and at the end of the day, you, you drowned out. You, you, you know, I, I love the negative messages and I throw positivity back. All the, you know, I remember slow feet out of high school was, you know, this guy's got the slowest feet. He'll never succeed in college. Then in college, this guy lets everybody in his legs. There's no way that translates to the senior level. And, and, and as soon as I made the world team, it's like, well, that sucks for team USA. You know, that, that, 
you know, too bad fix wasn't there, but it's like, you know, slowly and, and I ended up fifth and I'm, I'm happy that I was able to do what I did, but I know what I'm capable of. And I know I was in the match in the semis to, to win. And, um, it's just, you got to find that happy medium of never being, you know, being proud of what you've done, but never happy with, you know, the, you know, knowing that you can do better. And so I've kind of, kind of that, like I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, I know nobody thought that I'd be where I was last year. And now I'm ready to show that, Hey, that wasn't a, that wasn't a one-off thing. Like, like I'm here to stay and I'm here to keep getting better and I'm going to build off that, you know, and now that means I got to go out there and, and I got to dominate, you know, these trials, you know, I got to go back through the whole circuit this year. I got to go through the U S open, make final X and wrestle through that. I don't get to sit out because I got fifth and, um, and then after that, it's, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna go up to 65 kilos and, uh, and get it done at 65 kilos. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I, I'm excited for the challenge. I always love, you know, very, very competitive person. And, and I like when the odds are stacked against me. So, bro, I am so happy. Like it makes my heart happy to hear you say 65, not 57. Oh, yo. uh, well, yo. I know it makes your stomach happy for sure. Yo. Right? I remember your first time down at 57. And by yo. the way, your first time down at 57, you weighed in like a half a kilo under. Do you remember that? I weighed in lights. It was weird. I, it was the craziest thing because I was like plateaued. I was like, didn't think I was going to make it. And by some miracle, I slept off like two pounds the night before. And I was like, well, I made weight. I, I remember talking to, I think it was Reader. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Reader. And it was in New York City, right? Like we were at yeah. the mall or something like that. Bill Farrell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I like the first person as I walked in, I walked in uh, early, right? It was it was before weigh-ins. And I just look at Chris. I think, no, it was Chris. And I go, is he close? Is he close? <laughs> and he's like, he's under. I'm like, no. And, and, and like, I freaked out a little bit. Because, like, you know, I am a fan of the sport, and I want to make sure that 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 the next generation of this sport does it all the right way. Yeah. It's not always been done the right way mm-hmm. in this sport. A lot of a lot of what we have done in this sport has kind of been kicked under the rug, so to speak. Yeah. But it makes hey, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. And no, I was gonna say, and that's that's like I did everything right to make 57 kilos i was disciplined did it the right way but it was still the wrong decision and i think that's that that's what a lot of people don't realize is hey i made the weight i feel pretty good but long term your happiness your mental health how you're training like it hurts all that i don't care if, if you make weight and even have success that matter, in the right? long term it's not it's not going to pay off and that that's what i realized through all that like i wrestled well at, at, at the bill fair like destroyed everyone at that one and then i had to hold it down for a whole year and it was like it was miserable i i literally feel like there's a gap in my memory like how bad that year was and it was like i could only eat this food and i could only do this and and i had everything was about losing weight and it's just like at the end of the day you could do it perfect your weight cut and it's still not the right thing to do because you're losing a lot of ground in so many other areas did you come to that realization yourself or did you have to have somebody kick you in the head for it? No, I, I realized, I realized that one. <laughs> I realized it about halfway through and then I was like, well, I got to get through this. this, well, this Olympic cycle. <laughs> like it's a little, little late now. I'm freaking got sucked in face and weigh one, one thirty. I was like, 
never again. No, I made that decision right right after the Olympic trials. I was like, it wasn't it wasn't worth it. I don't think even if I would have won the Olympic trials, I don't think it would have been worth it. And um, yeah, and right, I think that a lot of people suffer. I, I know a lot of my high school buddies. We had a really good team at Apple Valley High School. We were number one in the country, and multiple guys ended up not wrestling in college on the next level just because they cut too much weight in high school and they didn't, you know, it just wasn't conducive to, you know, the longevity in the sport. Yeah. That's tough to explain. Right. It's tough to explain it. You know, now that I'm dealing with higher level high school athletes on a more consistent basis, it's, um, it's interesting to, to, to watch them make what, you know, or have a good idea. Yeah. are probably the wrong decisions when it comes yeah. to weight cutting. Um, yeah. Watching them suffer like this just to, to make a team, right? Because, you know, you say you, you say a lot of these guys at Apple Valley who was – you were ranked number one in the country at, at one point. Well, you say that they all cut weight, and then you go, well, don't cut weight. Well, okay, well, then don't make the team. Yeah, right? exactly that's really tough that's not easy dude that's a tough like these kids have been doing this this is what they've been doing their whole lives and to watch yeah. them you know some of these kids are like well I, what am i gonna do i'm gonna wrestle jv okay i mean i guess fine but it's tough right so, that's so it's it's really interesting to me to see some of these guys come to the realization like we have a kid that that would you know, he made 106 three or four times this year, had a tremendous amount of success. But he's just like, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm yeah. done. And he's 120-something pounds right now, mm-hmm. and he's happy and getting better. Yeah. Doesn't that seem, like, more conducive to keep on wrestling? Yep. And that's yeah, so that, that's funny you say that, too. My best friend in high school, so he was a three-time state champ right at the weight below me every single year. Uh, he was a junior. I was a senior. Year after graduating, he was done. He didn't wrestle his senior year because of the weight cutting. And it was like, like you said, it, it's it's hard because it's like, all right, well, what am I gonna? I'm gonna sit out this year, and that's hard to say. You know, maybe, maybe that for the future of your career, that might be the best thing. Um, with all that being said, I do think in high school there is a lack of nutrition discipline that that makes that even harder like i remember how much of a clown i was in high school i'd be make weight and smashing mountain dews and i would literally i remember this one was crazy i was making 103 my my freshman year and i was sucking down a lot for that and i remember um i literally like got down to weight and i was like it was like 24 hours before and so i was like all right i'm gonna have a mountain dew and some candy and literally did that and then i went and ran again i was like what what on earth am i doing here looking back it's like how what what is that all about and it's like i think i think the big with the how advanced science is now you should know what weight you should be at right and and like like we it's pretty cool right i get jump on a dexa scan and it can tell you hey you have 124 pounds of lean muscle right and if you have that much muscle you're not gonna 125 is out of the picture you're literally gonna have to lose everything to make 125 133 you'd have to get down to six percent right and now you can start thinking like more from that aspect of hey what what does my diet need to look like what do i need to do as far as 
muscle and do I need to lose a little muscle? Do I need to do this? And, and you can break it down where your body's perfect for whatever weight class, you know, you see fit and, you know, and that's maybe 33 is even too hard. So maybe we got to put on three pounds of lean muscle and you're a 41 pounder. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super important. But like I said, with that being said, if you're not disciplined and it's not a year round thing for your nutrition, right? You're still going to, it's still going to suck for you. It's going to be the worst. Yeah. It's going to be terrible. It's going to come from it. Right. Exactly. So you see a kid that like, like goes up the weight and all of a sudden they're still dying to make that weight. And you're like, well, it's not weight cut. It it is weight cut and they're doing it completely wrong. Maybe they were, you know, and that, that's the other side of it that I think that a lot of people just don't do it right. And for me, I, I don't even like the term weight cutting anymore. Like I didn't cut any weight to make weight for worlds this year. I walked around at 139 i was on weight after every workout and and i just stayed dialed in and i stayed right where i needed to be and i just stayed there and i stayed disciplined and i ate i ate a normal right the day before i had a big old steak and um and uh eggs and that's what i had and then i started dialing the next day after wins i put my carbs in my body and and right that's it should be you know two sweats max for making weight at all times too sweaty. That's that's a great mm-hmm. bar. That's a great bar for these kids to aspire to. I think yeah. too like, sweaty max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're within a month or two of competitions, right? I get, I get. A there's a time in the summer when you're not competing that hey, maybe I'm putting on muscle or doing this or that or I'm changing my body. But when you're anywhere in season, it's got to be too sweaty. Right. Like, like that, that's one thing like, I, I should be able to make weight in 24 hours at all times if I need to. And that's two workouts. Right. I'll, you know, and that's that's how I always like to do it, especially, you know, when I'm getting dialed in. It's like, man, I should I should touch down to weight a lot. I should. Right. I don't need to stay there. Right. There's no time that you need to hold your weight at where you're competing. But right. It's not bad to touch down there right after your workout and build back up, because that's exactly what you're going to be doing when you compete. Right. You're going to touch your weight for. 10 minutes yeah. and then you boom you're back up to four five six pounds over and and that's it so it's like that, that that's kind of was the big thing for me and it's like come world time i see all these all these guys that i look bigger than struggling to make 61 kilos and i'm like man you guys you guys are doing it wrong you guys are doing it wrong and that's another kind of mental edge thing you know you dialed in on your nutrition and doing it right right that's another advantage when you step on the mat um one, one do you joel are you are you fixed are you you ready to rock yeah yeah i it seems like a common theme that that you're kind of hitting on here is kind of evolution evolution in your nutrition in your training and your approach to wrestling when do you think that you have this kind of uh i guess breakthrough mentally on on kind of how you look at the sport and how you approach kind of everything holistically um i think that Right. I think it, like I said, over this last year has been big and that was just, I, you know, sometimes you got to have a hard conversation with yourself and, you know, and, and figure out like, where do I want to be and, and what am I willing to sacrifice? And, you know, I know my goal has always been to be in a world and Olympic ch- champion. And, you know, I had to look, look at myself in the mirror and be like, are you doing every little thing you can, not in the wrestling room, in every area of your life? And I know uh, two years ago when I lost at the trials, I I had that exact conversation with myself. And I was like, no, not even close. 
there's so many areas and it was like i know my career's coming closer and closer to the end right it might be four it might be three it could be two years you know it could be one i don't know how much time i have left but i know i'm getting closer to the end and so i looked at myself and i said hey commit now until your career's over to do every single thing in your power to get where you want to be right then then i'm going to live with the results if i know that I did everything spiritually, nutritionally, mentally in the wrestling room, strength training. If I did everything I could in those areas and I lose, I'm going to walk off with smiling in my head high. Like I'm good with that. But but what, what I couldn't live with is if I knew there was areas I could improve in. If I knew I wasn't eating the right way, if I knew I wasn't getting the sleep I needed and then I lost and then I can look back and say, hey, you were this close, but you decided not to do that. I can't that that's something would eat me away forever. So it's like I made the decision that hey, here on out, you're gonna do everything in your power to get where you want to be. And and that was the conversation, right? And I think, right, it's just looking yourself in the in the I like to look myself in the mirror and and have that tough conversation. But some people just are afraid to have that. They want to avoid it their whole life, act like it's not there, and then then they have an excuse if they don't reach their goals. Right. The hard part about look doing everything right is that you could still lose that's the hard thing and that's why some people don't do it right they, they they'd rather not do everything right so they can look back and say hey it's because of this but maybe i could have i'd rather i'd rather give it my best shot and see where it takes me oh that's awesome oh we're gonna end right there because that that just uh that man that was yeah that one that one hit me all right that's why people don't do it that's why exactly. people don't give every aspect of themselves to it. Because they're afraid they won't reach that goal. Yeah, because there's no guarantee. You're, you're, you know, there's still a strong likelihood that you can lose a wrestling match. That shit happens. Yeah, that's all exactly. right. Man, thank you so much for coming on. That just motivated the holy heck out of me. I am really, really excited. Thank you, Seth. Um, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. I love, I love talking about this stuff and the process, and I think it's cool what you guys are doing, so I appreciate it. Awesome, man. All right, thank you, brother. I'll talk to you real soon, all right? Yep, talk to you soon. Bye -bye.